This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. You know, there have been concerns that have been put forth that uh, maybe kids in rural areas would be ill-served or they can't afford the necessary equipment. Well, the Minister of Education announced something to remediate those concerns, and uh, he has joined us live on the line right here and now. Stephen Lecce, good afternoon. How you doing, John? John's okay. I hope you're keeping well as well. Good. I, I, you know what? I am in, uh, I'm in good spirits. I'm just to, we had a good announcement today and just trying to make progress through all this uh, uncertainty. Well, let me ask you, by the way, how is the online learning working these days? Well, look, I mean, we took 2 million kids online uh, from in-class instruction, uploaded them into a cloud, got them on virtual learning for any of them within the first days. I mean, it's, there's growing pains, of course, when you make that type of massive transformation. But overwhelmingly, with the feedback I'm hearing is parents are pleased their teacher is leading instruction, that the curriculum is being completed and that their kids are learning and ultimately graduating into the next year. And that is the aspiration we had in Ontario. You know, a lot of provinces, John, didn't do that. They said their kids told we have to be more ambitious and bold. And I really believe that with the ingenuity and the can-do spirit of this province, we've got to keep kids learning, which is why today we were able to announce more progress to get more technological tools like iPads and Internet out to as many people as possible to bridge that gap and make sure we universalize learning. So I'm actually quite pleased with where we're at, but I also recognize, to be quite frank, there's more to do. All right. Well, I, I did see the announcement at lunch, but let's just uh, recap exactly some of the highlights for the program you rolled out today, uh, availing iPads to kids and having a, a collaboration with Rogers and Apple and so on and so forth. Give us the salient points. Yeah, I mean, we, launched, we essentially were able to work uh, with our uh, partners at Rogers Communications and Apple to find low-cost, high-impact solutions to some of the technology gaps that exist. And look, there are folks out there, you know, and in our communities across the country, they just may not be able to have access to, to a computer or a tablet or may not have, be able to afford Internet. And the point is, in, in, during this time, we need to leverage every willing partner. And we've got great partners in the telecommunication, the private sector, so we work with them and created a program where iPads embedded with the software, the learning software done by Apple, uh, with broadband, with internet built in, over 21,000 devices either have or are, as we speak, being couriered to kids' homes. Thousands have already landed, by the way, but there's more to go. And I'm just, I guess the reason is we're just trying to say, you know, what, we could leverage the, the, the willingness of the private sector, working with school boards, working with us to deliver a good outcome. And here we have an outcome where kids are going to have access to low-income kids, those that, that el- they're eligible, get access to the technology and the Internet. And that's what we're doing here. We're also ensuring the Internet is free. Uh, Rogers, we negotiated free Internet over this period of time uh, on those iPads. Apple's uh, pr- providing all the updated free educational content as well. So we really are just working together. And I think it shows, uh, you know, in this province that we're, we got our, we're, we're leveraging every talent and every willing partner to get things done. Wow. Uh, and so, like, free data plans and everything? The For the first century, the Internet is uh, 
free Cummins program for the end of the year. That's what Rogers is offering part of this. Uh, in the context of what September beyond looks like, you know, we're going to keep working with those partners. But we have to figure out a solution for this current year, John, and we did. And right. uh, I just think it's a, it's a good outcome. It shows that, you know, uh, all the critics, you know, there's concerns about access to technology. Okay, well, that's a legitimate concern, John. Let's work on a solution. Let's not just highlight the problem. Let's resolve ourselves to work across sectors of the economy to fix it. And I think we've come up with a pretty sound solution. And I'm grateful to school boards, including the Toronto District School Board, among others, who've been leading by example in getting these tablets out the door. All right. The Minister of Education, Stephen Lecce, is with us. So uh, 21,000 iPads. Uh, that's not insignificant. But that's overall so about, far. I think, what? Yeah, but so far. Okay, good. Because it's about 10% of the overall student body in the province, I'm guessing. I, yeah, I'm not going to quibble. I don't know what is necessary uh, to get them into everybody's hands. But, you know, something that popped up when we were talking about online learning as the issue. Remember those heady days about three months ago? Uh, rural access to Internet always seemed to pop up. Uh, in the questions I'd have from people calling in and so how are you addressing that? Yes. Well, I said, John, we're working with uh, the telecommunications sector and Rogers and other partners to deliver it. Every school, every high school in Ontario will have high-speed internet this September, and we're accelerating the procurement of high-speed internet in every elementary school uh, by the following September. So we're making, we're taking action there to make sure our schools are well-equipped for this. But in addition, we've been able to get a um, Rogers is unveiling rather a, a low-cost offer to rural families or low-income families at $10 per month that includes no overages. So I'll let them speak to that proposal. But I, what I can tell you is that we're working with them to come up with solutions. And the federal government has a large role to play in Internet connectivity. And we're working with them and, you know, uh, encouraging them to keep investing in rural Ontario because, you know, it, it, there shouldn't be an unequal experience here. We want to try to... Um, level the playing field and give every child an equal opportunity to success. We understand. I mean, that would be aspirational as a goal. Uh, I just sure. wanted to know where we stand with that at present. So uh, there might be kids in Moosonee who are not getting service and not getting an online education. Right. And so our program is not premised on technology. However, we do think it could help, and that's why we made the announcement today. It's why we're trying to build these partnerships and get things done. But at the end of the day, learning doesn't require Internet. What it requires is an able-bodied teacher to reach out to the child and keep them involved in learning. You know, curriculum, materials, I've said this before, we are literally have school bus drivers currying, like literally delivering materials to people's doors in small towns and villages across the province because they don't have access, not because they even can't afford it per se, it's just the community, as you see, just doesn't have internet yet, regrettably. So we're looking where we've come up with innovative solutions because I've said before, no matter who you are, no matter where you live, under our program, you will learn. If, if you can be aided by technology, then school boards are going to help get that to you. And they're doing that because the, the, the government, the ministry, and ourselves have been able to come up with, I think, a pretty neat and positive package to offer to kids in Ontario. I did not know that. Uh, you're actually couriering to individual students' homes their lessons and in return getting back to the teacher so the teacher is still actively engaged with these kids. Yeah, they go all. I mean, my commitment, the commitment is teachers need to re- take on that responsibility away from the, the parent. And it, it, look, some kids like some kids have access to, to video, you know, and they just don't want to do it. Maybe the parents are uncomfortable. So phone is the, is, is the preference to get through the materials, to check in, to make sure that the lessons being are done and all that. It really comes down to an individualized experience. Our program is flexible. 
obviously there's a an emphasis on that you know uh, that that learning that can be done in front of a person you know camera you know with, with, with you're able to see your your students it's virtual learning it's dynamic it's engaging you get to ask questions up people upload videos it it could be really good and i don't suggest for a moment it's as effective as in class instruction but what is the alternative we've got to do better when it comes to online learning and we've got to learn lessons here we have to be ready no matter what the world throws at us to keep kids learning. It's not their fault, and the responsibility falls on government and educators, all of us, to build a program for September and beyond that will let, that will you know, stand the test of time, irrespective of what what happens, pandemic or natural disaster or whatever. So I think you know we're using this opportunity to get it right now, but I assure parents it's going to be a heck of a lot better in September uh, when we prepare for that. All right, confronting the new reality. What about special needs kids? Are they being serviced adequately? You know, it's uh, such a challenge I think, for so many of the families. You know, they used to have the kids at school, sometimes with an EA, or they'd share an EA, an education assistant. Sometimes, based on the severity or acuity of the challenge, they'd have two. Um, and so here you have the parents at home, and it's really challenging for them, and my heart goes out to these families working so hard to, to enable their kids to learn. There's a few things we're doing. The first is we have, I've said to every EA, every psychologist, every psychotherapist, every social worker, we've got a ton of the a variety of these P folks who work within our boards. I said every single one of them needs to be unlocked immediately to support these families. It may be, it may be phone calls to the parents to give guidance uh, because, you know, physically be there right now. It may be video-based learning, telehealth for some of the, the medical practitioners, whatever it is get these folks on the phone adding value to these families' lives. The second is we've offered more financial support, 250 bucks for every child um, under 20, up to 21 who has special needs, and as you know, $200 for families of children up to 12, period, um, not necessarily special ed. Um, so we're providing funding, we're providing professional development for the teachers so that they're better prepared to work with these kids, and we're helping parents, giving them more guidance and materials online through the Learn at Home website. At the end of the day, John, look, it's tough on them. I'm being frank with you. It, it ain't perfect and it ain't pretty, but we're going to do everything we can, literally, whatever it takes, including purchasing new software, really effective software to support these kids specifically made for kids with special education needs. So we're just going to keep doing that, and we're going to keep building it up. And I've been meeting and chatting with leaders in this community to give guidance about what more we can do, because I'm all ears, because I want to help them. I don't want these kids to feel like a second-class citizen in our province. Yeah. Uh, and finally, let me ask you, do you still believe that we can get back into a classroom before the year is out? Kids will graduate, uh, I guess, regardless, because they're doing the courses online. But uh, where's the kind of cutoff point where you just say, OK, uh, we're not going to get back into the classroom? Is there a point? Yeah, I mean, my plan is, you know, by, you know, my, the goal is in short order to provide some certainty to families about the future of this year. But I just want to be clear, no matter what we announce, we announce it's extended by a month. We announce it's extended to the, it's closed for, you know, the kids aren't going back to the year. No matter where we land, based on the advice of the Chief Medical Officer of Health, who we're consulting literally in real time, and we will be doing that this weekend. But no matter where we land, your kid is going to be able to, your child will be able to continue learning, led by a teacher. Second of all, we will remove every impediment to, to graduation. I've already done a few, John. I've already eliminated the EQAO uh, literacy requirement for grade 12 students, I've waived it for those that haven't written it. That's, we're not going to let that be in the bed. The 40 hours you need to graduate, 40 volunteers, 
you know, most of these kids have done it. If you haven't, I waived it, although I did encourage them to safely from their home support a COVID response in their community, you know, reaching out to a senior, uh, doing some initiatives like that, raising, you know, help creating awareness for COVID, trying to take on support uh, their country and their community as we respond to this. I've done a bunch of that. I'm going to continue doing that um, to, to remove any impediment because I've said it before. We're going to ensure we're going to work with these school boards to get kids graduating. That is paramount, and I'm already working with the Minister of Colleges and Universities, my colleague Ross Romano, to make sure on the post-secondary side that the applications flow, the transcripts flow, the final report cards get completed entirely, as I've asked educators to do, and that ultimately these kids graduate and get through to college, university, or the skilled trades in September. Simple as that. We're going to do whatever it takes for them. All right. Uh, I really appreciate your joining us and weighing in on these issues. Uh, a lot of people had questions. Thanks for addressing it, Minister Lecce. Okay. Be well. Thank you all. And you. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.